Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This is the Sports Edge with Rick Wolf on your flagship station for New York sports. The Fan, Sports Radio 66 and 1019 FM, WFAN, New York. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Rick Wolf's Sports Edge. I'm your host, Rick Wolf, and I have a couple of new items uh, from the Sports Edge police blotter, which I hope to get to later on in the show. But first up on the docket, well, I want to treat you to a most unusual story. And it all begins with youth baseball and with teaching kids how to hit a baseball properly. And along the way, our discussion will take us from the basics of how to hit and now how that has seemingly changed in recent years. And our conversation will end up talking about the New York Mets and their recent string of hitting coaches, including the the mythical Donnie Stevenson (laughs) and and now their new hitting coach, Hugh Quattlebaum. Now, our story all starts with Kevin Gallagher. You'll remember Kevin uh, from his very well-received book that he wrote last year called Teach Your Kid to Hit So They Don't Quit. And Kevin was on the Sports Edge uh, just about a year ago. Uh, His book is a straightforward, common-sense approach to teaching young players how to hit a baseball. Yes, there is some discussion in Kevin's book about launch angles or uh, uppercutting one swing, uh, but of course that's become the new standard when it comes to a lot of major league hitters. The problem is teaching young players about putting lift into their swing in order to generate more power, well, it doesn't really work too well for the vast majority of kids learning how to hit a baseball. Now, Kevin Gallagher, he started Pace University, where he set all sorts of hitting records. He was an all-star in the Atlantic Collegiate Baseball League. He was inducted into the, into the Pace University Sports Hall of Fame, went on to sign and play in the, the Pirates organization. And his new book, Teach Your Kid How to Hit So They Don't Quit, is endorsed by yours truly, also by famed Red Sox slugger uh, Rico Petroselli. It's available on Amazon, and I can tell you the book has just received stellar reviews and is selling quite well. You can go to Amazon, as I said right now, and order a copy. It's a quick, easy, and fun read. And on that note, Kevin Gallagher joins us this morning. Kevin, welcome back to the Sports Edge. Hey, Rick, I couldn't have paid for that, that advertisement on, on radio. Thank you. <laughs> well, it's my pleasure. It's it's a terrific, terrific uh, book. And, uh, again, it's right on topic now when we get into the discussion about how so many hitters today uh, you know, all, all about launch angles and trying to put more hefty swings together to drive the ball over the fence. 
you all, it's okay to do that, I guess, if you're 6'5", 220. Um, but for most kids learning how to hit a baseball, that doesn't work too well. And let me just set the stage here because there's a backstory I want to get into with our listeners. And the fact of the matter is, like any good author, you've been making the rounds trying to let the baseball world you know, know about your book. And among other channels, you end up a few weeks ago on LinkedIn trying to find some sort of connection to the New York Mets. I mean, you have no connection at all to the Mets, so you're just trying to find somebody somewhere who might, in the Mets organization, might want to read your book. So tell us what happened next. I reached out uh, to the Mets, Rick, as I did to many organizations and charities and foundations. A lot of work promoting a book. It's easier than writing it. It's harder <laughs> than writing it. Um, but, yeah, so I reached out to the Mets. I got two responses. One was from the director of scouting for the Dominican Republic. Yep. And one was from you, Quattlebaum. And you, Quattlebaum, back on February 6th, reached out to me before spring training. He had just been hired as a minor league uh, hitting instructor for the Mets. And he was uh, new, and I, I told him about my book. He was quite interested. He said he would buy it. And I said, no, 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 I'll send it to you. So, he bought it anyway, but he, he read it, called me back, and he's quite interested in my take on hitting, particularly about keeping youth involved in the game and creating baseball fans. And we began a relationship and a, and a, a dialogue over the next, last three months about his style, a major league style, uh, what I'm trying to do, how he can help. And I think in this conversation today, um, uh, uh, Rick, it culminated in, in me meeting him yesterday at Tampa, in the Tampa Bay Stadium at Tropicana Field when the Mets were playing. And we met on the field. He gave me almost a half hour of his time prior to the game, not Saturday night in his, in his hotel room. He was very kind with his time. And we spoke. And I learned a lot, Rick, which I'm going to share, I think, um, to your viewers about this launch angle myth. And you heard me right. Um, and what they're trying to do with it and what Major League Baseball is teaching today. So okay. we can get into more of that. Yeah, but let me just sort of set this, this set the framework. So, again, you go out and you reach out to the Mets and a lot of organizations, uh, you know, at, and Hugh Quattlebaum in February, who has not been promoted to become the big league hitting coach uh, at that time, uh, responds to you. You guys get on a phone call um, and, and start to chat and talk some more and correspond. Uh, and I have to tell you, in my experience with professional coaches and athletes, it's very, very rare for something like that to happen. It just doesn't seem to, you know, they're, they're, just, they're just too busy. They don't want to deal with fans, quote-unquote, or people promoting a book. It's just different. So Hugh obviously says, no, I'm, I'm interested in, in what Kevin has to say. He bought your book uh, and obviously, you know, was, was, was uh, impressed with what you had to say. Um, now, just so people know, because so little is known about Hugh Quattlebaum, uh, he played at Amherst, Amherst College, uh, which is a, a really solid Division Three program. Obviously, he's a bright guy to go to Amherst. He was uh, drafted by the Tigers, played uh, four years in the minor leagues. He was a big guy. He's a big guy. He's like 6'4", 210. He was a first baseman, third baseman. Um, and then eventually, after his playing career is over, he got into um, running hitting uh, clinics uh, out on the West Coast. And that's basically where he's been I guess he worked for the Seattle Mariners for a few years along the way, and now he came to the Mets. But that, so people don't know much about him. Uh, that, that's, that's where he's coming from. Let me, so tell me, first of all, did, he, did, you, did you ask him about Donnie Stevenson? Yeah, well, when I first started speaking to him, he was the minor league coach just arrived. He thought he was going to spend a lot of time this year in Binghamton and Syracuse, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and somewhere along the line, uh, two weeks into the season, they fired Chili Davis, and they promote him. Yep. So now he's, in, now he's in the biggest market in, in the world, right, with the, with the New York Mets. A lot of pressure. I'm sure he can handle it. But I call him back 
now, you know, we hadn't spoken to him in a, a couple of weeks. Now he's a major league uh, hitter instructor. And um, he calls me back and we have, we continue the same dialogue at the same level. And, um, you know, it culminates in, in the meeting tomorrow. But I did ask him about that dining thing. And uh, turns out it was just a spoof. Uh, Alonzo did something in the clubhouse to lighten the, the, the team up and whatnot. But he, he told me it's top secret. I can't tell you, but I got it out of him. It was just a spoof inside the clubhouse. So, but, so um, you... he, he, he Go ahead. Yes, so you met him. Yet you met Quarterbaum yesterday uh, before the the Tampa game in person, correct? That's correct. Yeah, we met on the field uh, prior to anybody being let in the stadium. I came in, and he came out. We we met down on the field for about a half hour. And like yep. I said, I have some interesting insights, uh, Rick, about the launch angle, what they're teaching um, at the major league level. And he'll tell you that nobody nobody in the major leagues teaches launch angle. Of course, that's surprising to a lot of people. And I think before you have any callers call in. If I could describe what he told me about that. Yeah, go ahead. There is no, there is no such thing as a launch angle. What he said, he says every ball that's hit has a launch angle. In other words, it's the angle upon which the ball leaves the bat, right? So if you hit a pop-up to the catcher, it's a 90 degrees launch angle. Line drive up the middle, it's a zero degree. And if you hit a ground ball, it's minus whatever. So every, everyone has a launch angle. There's a, there's a, a theory in baseball that began back around 2008, 2009, out in the West Coast in these baseball factories and these warehouses guys like Craig Wallenbrook and Bobby Tewksbury that had this philosophy of um, the ball actually comes into the plate on an angle, a downward angle. And so in order to, hit, to get on the, the swing path of that ball, which is what I teach as well, and you do, Rick, about getting on a level plane of the ball, creating multiple points of contact, they have the same philosophy except the ball is coming down. So they got to drop the bat and get on that same uh, swing path to create multiple points of, of contact. And that's the basis of, of what they're doing. So it's not a launch angle. It's a swing path. That's up. And so the swing path um, will obviously launch the ball. And what they call when you launch the ball, it's going to create more valuable hits because it's going to, in their theory, will go over the outfielders' heads and over the wall, and people can't catch it. Now, one last thing is that um, it, launch angle is no good unless you have exit velocity. Now, stay with me. If you throw a paper pl airplane, it's going to go in, eventually it's going to die out and, and fall down because it has no more acceleration. So if you're hitting a launch angle in the, the you know, the primary objective of, of the angle is twenty between 10 and 30 degrees, right? It's complicated. But if you hit that with an exit velocity of 110, it's going to keep going like a paper airplane would out of the park. But if you hit it with 70 mile an hour exit velocity, it's going to die in the outfield. So there's well, a lot of complicated things that go into this. Yeah, but let me let me stop you there because obviously, as you know, I'm an old school guy. And, uh, I mean, I, I – it, 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 if you want to, I understand what you're saying uh, about the idea of that. Okay, you put a little bit of a, a lift into the pitch to drive the ball over the fence. The problem is, Kevin, and this is obviously the genesis of your book. Most kids are not six five, two twenty, and have have great power. They just don't have the ability to drive a ball over the fence. That's why power hitters, for years in baseball, as you know, have been tough to find because um, they're just so few and far between. The problem is when you, when you try to you know drop, drop your back shoulder to get that lift on a pitch, you're going to end up extending or, or lengthening your swing, which means you're going to have a hard time hitting anybody's throwing with great velocity. So that, now, again, this is not Hughes' fault because when, by the time you're appointed to be the head, co head the hitting coach in the big leagues, the guys are you are you are basically are already in the big leagues uh, who are working with you uh, or, or you're working with them. 
they've already made their mark to get to the big leagues. As a consequence, they're not going to be eager to change their, their approach to hitting because, after all, they've become big league hitters. But like yesterday in the Mets game, you know, they uh, yes, I understand the Mets' bullpen melted down. That's why they lost. But uh, they had three home runs in the game. But, you know, they left 11 men on base, and they struck out 12 times. That is that that's a that's that's the problem with baseball today at the big league level you know in the hope that you might have a guy a few guys hit a couple of home runs the fact is you can have a lot of strikeouts and and that's cuz that's the problem so hugh is obviously bright enough to understand that you know he's looking at your book and he's talking to you about these various components of the game but you know if 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 kids are taught uh early on to uppercut on a pitch and that's why i understand it's been happening at the high school level that's a problem. That's a real problem because kids aren't going to do well. They're not going to hit well. Rick, it's being taught at the eight U level. Okay, it's yeah. filtered all the way down. That's what they teach today. And I say, I ask them direct questions about this. I ask them about do you do you agree that this launch angle twenty thirty degree creates a longer swing, which takes it a longer time to get to the point of impact? He said yes, because um, they have to commit earlier. It's going to create more swings and misses. He said, yes. It slows the game down. Yes. He agrees with all this. Uh-huh. And then I threw, another, I threw another idea at him, which he thought about. And I said, I, my belief is that the pitchers have always thrown to hitters' flaws. They figure out what your flaw is. They try to, you know, try, try to throw it there. And the flaw in this uppercut swing, uh, this uh, lift swing, is the belt, belting up, right? It's high heat is what's going to get people out. And because they've got to commit sooner, um, balls breaking, breaking late and down, is, is another strike strikeout pitch because they, get, they have to commit sooner. Right. And he, he agreed. He agreed with all that. And so uh, at the major league level, it's very difficult to do this, swinging and missing and striking out 150, 200 times. And to try to teach this down at the lower levels is, is very, very difficult because it, it's just you're creating one one point of uh, of impact. But um, he has some very interesting thoughts as well. I'll get into about teaching youth, and um, I'm not sure I agree with them, but I'll, I'll I'll explain them to you when we get to that point. All right, let me let me take a timeout because uh, uh, obviously this is this is obviously to me at least the crux of the problem with Major League Baseball today, and the way as, as Kevin has said, it's being trickles down to the 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 youth level, and that is, look, kids, if you're going to uppercut, and because you think you're going to hit home runs, that's not going to happen. And uh, I know from personal experience, when I was in high school, and I uppercut, uh, because I grew up uh, reading uh, Ted Williams' uh, classic book on, on the science of hitting, it doesn't work for me. And it wasn't until I got to, to, uh, to college baseball, where the velocity uh, was much better, and uh, I was playing in the ACBL, the Atlantic Collegiate Baseball League, and Al Goldis, the Hall of Fame scout, said, Rick, if you ever have a, have a dream of ever to go on to, to hit in, in, in college baseball, or perhaps in the pros, you got to totally redo your swing, and he taught me about uh, obviously top hand hitting, and and that's that's the way kids should learn to hit, and that's what Kevin Gallagher is has written about and teach your kid to hit. You're listening to Rick Wolf and the Sports Edge on the Fan Sports Radio 66 and 101.9 FM WFAN New York. Okay, let me uh, just emphasize one thing before I go any further with uh, a conversation with Kevin Gallagher. Look, look, there is no one universal or precise way to hit a baseball. You look at any major league game and you'll see players with all kinds of stances and approaches to hitting. But they all have great great wrist strength, and they all have terrific eye-to-hand coordination. Now, we're talking this morning with Kevin about his, his adventures, talking with the Mets' uh, new hitting coach, Hugh Quattlebaum, and uh, we'll get the calls in a second. But, but, Kevin, let's talk about 
what did Hugh tell you in your conversation yesterday about his approach or, or his feelings about about teaching kids to hit and, and the so-called myth of, of the launch angle? Yeah, so it's quite interesting about that. He's a very um, complex thinker, to be honest with you. So we were talking about the youth, and his main point was that when you teach kids, they shouldn't think about anything, period. And so I said to him, you know, he said, I said, well, my, my process that I teach is very simple. He said, well, what do you tell the kids to think about? And you, you read my book. You know what we're talking about. Yep. I said, well, top hand, okay? It's about getting the top hand, top hand, and then going from point A to point B with a short swing so that you can wait longer to swing, et cetera. Very simple. Just top hand and, and swing. He said, that's too much. Top hand, is, is, they should be thinking of nothing. I said, well, explain that to me. And his, his, his view on this is that, he, he, he believes in what he calls introspective learning. So you, te- you take a kid out, you throw the ball to him, and you see where he's having trouble, okay? And then you sit down and you talk to the kid, and you, you, you shape the problem to him. So maybe it's a high pitch he's having trouble with, a low pitch, I don't know. Whatever the problem is, you shape the problem, and you give it back to him, okay? And you let him think, think about it. And then you go and you throw the ball to him in that problem area over and over and over again until he figures out, the solution to that problem, and that solution comes from inside him. And when it comes from inside him, he'll understand it, he'll own it, and he'll fix it. All right? That's what he's saying. Um, I believe that's a very good approach. He says science backs that up, and then psychology backs that up. And I think in life, that's probably a very good way to think of things. But I told him when you come to eight, nine-year-old kids, I think they need more than that. They need some sort of uh, instruction to start with. Otherwise, they're not going to figure this thing out. It's too complicated. Correct. And he disagrees. And he disagrees with that. Okay. They've got well, to figure it out on their own. That's what he's I, talking. you know, as I refer to your 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 book's title, "Teach Your Kid to Hit So They Don't Quit." Well, if you go out with a kid who's uh, seven, eight, nine, ten years old, and you just try to you know toss a ball to them and say, "Just try to learn it yourself. Don't think about anything." The, child, the kids are going to get so frustrated so fast uh, that they can't make contact or hit the ball anywhere. You've got to provide some basics on how to, to approach hitting, and, and that's is outlined so well in your book, Kevin. Look, I'm not, the fact is when it comes to hitting, there were, there's been debated for well over 100 years about what's the right way to hit a baseball, and I'm sure Hugh believes in his theory, but I would dare say that, that this doesn't, just letting kids go out and find their own way and then, you know, give them, Given some instruction after the fact, I don't know about that. Uh, hey, let's, yeah, let's, that's, let's, why, that's why kids are, are, are quitting the game. They fail, they swing, they swing, they miss, and they go on to something else. They yeah. need to know how to you, – like I say, you wouldn't teach your kid to ski by pushing them down the mountain. You, <laughs> or, you start at the bottom of the mountain and give them some instruction. You do this, this is how you stop, this is how you turn. Now go do it. I mean, it's just like I mean, the old concept of sink or swim. You wouldn't take your three-year-old and throw you know, him or her in a pool and say, well, let's see if you can figure out how to swim on your own. No, you go through teaching, and you te- teach them yeah. how to swim. I, I, I have a concern about all that. But, again, he is the, he's the big league hitting coach for the Mets, and he spent the last 20 years of his life dedicated to, to working with kids and how to hit. So he's obviously had some success along the way. Let's get to some Huh? I did one thing. I did tell him about you know the game hasn't changed at all in, in 100 years. I mean the way they approach the game is different. Things think about it, but the, the mound is still 60 feet six inches. The ball is still round. The bat, first base hasn't moved. Guys back in you know in the day, not so so long ago, you know would strike out 30 times a season and hit 40 home runs. So, so you can use top hand hitting and be very very successful. Of course. The way they teach you now, the way they teach you now is the way they teach you now. It doesn't mean the other way is wrong. 
You know, I think it's 100% right. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, and the game is, James mentioned the, the mound is 60 feet, 6 inches away. Well, they're going to experiment this year in the Atlantic League where they're going to push the rubber back a foot. So clearly yes. the game is going to change. All right, let me let me get some calls here because our time is limited. one 337 6666 Let's uh, talk with, uh, with Jack Smithlin, who obviously has a long experience with hitting and as an instructor as well. Jack, good morning. What do you make of all this conversation? Well, first of all, if you would like, have Hugh call me with his theory about don't give kids, you know, let them think about it and everything like that. Their attention span at that age is probably about eight seconds. So, <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I taught I taught eight to 13-year-olds uh, elementary and middle school for, for 44 years. So, you know, his theory there, I think, is wrong, and I, and I, and I agree with Kevin. Um, you know, total concentration is the ability to think about nothing. But tell a kid to not think about a white elephant, yeah, he'll be thinking about the white elephant all day long. So <laughs> the point is, is that it, it doesn't work. But the theory is about hitting down, hitting down through the ball, shortening up your swing, keeping your hands inside. All of that is is basic science. And you know, when, when you and I talked yesterday, we talked about launch angle. And, you know, and a lot of people think the launch angle is where how the bat approaches the ball. Mm -hmm. well, I watched videos of Mickey Mantle's swing, and he swings down through the ball. Now, you know, when you get a ball deep in the strike zone, you know, you got to drop. You got to if, if you're trying to launch angle the ball and get the ball up in the air. A lot of kids are being taught today to do that without dropping the back shoulder. They're dropping their hands and getting the barrel down to the level of the ball, which is, in my, in, in my idea, it's the wrong thing to do because now you have gravity working against you instead of with you. So when you swing down at the ball, and we talked about this yesterday, when you swing down through the ball, you have actually three spots to hit that will create hard-hit balls. When you swing up at the ball, you got to hit that one spot in order to, to, to generate the amount of speed and power off the bat to get it over the fence. So, you know, what Kevin's talking about in his book is excellent, is, is, is right on to what you should teach kids. You know, one other thing, in order to hit home runs, you got to have power and you got to be big and strong and, and fast and good flex muscles. So, but to hit the ball down, you got to have another element. You got to have speed, you know. So teaching kids according to their body size and their body structure and their body weight and all of that is very important. Absolutely. You know, a guy yep. named a guy named Wally King down at you know he's a softball coach and he worked with a lot of the Olympic hitting coaches, uh, hitting players, um, hitters. He taught his big power kids to hit just below middle of the ball, which will create any time that bat finishes underneath the ball it will create lift whether if you hit too low on the ball it's going to create pop and i the, the example that i use rick and kevin is it's compared to a helicopter and a jet taking off in an air in an airport and the jet takes off with lift and it just keeps going up and up and up well the closer you can hit to the middle of the ball will create that on a downward swing but once you hit too low on the ball, it creates the helicopter effect. It pops straight up in the air. So what Kevin has said in his book is excellent. Kevin, what, you know what? Yeah. Go ahead. Let me stop you there because I, I want to get to more calls as well. But, but uh, Kevin, your thoughts or response to Jack? 
Yes, yes, right on. Um, without getting too technical with the kids about where you hit the ball, it's swinging. Keep in mind, we're not swinging down on the ball through the entire swing. Otherwise, we'd be chopping a tree. What yep. we're doing is starting with our hands and our nose and getting the barrel of the bat onto the same plane of the ball as quickly as we can, then leveling off and having more of a path, of, uh, the, the swing path, be on the same path as the ball, as you said, Jack, and have multiple points of contact to hit the ball along the, the path. Hit it yep. early, hit it on time, hit it late. You know, we have, you make, make it in contact. Yeah. Jack, thanks always for the call. Uh, we'll uh, check with you down the road. Let's, uh, let's move on to uh, let's go to Ed over to Elizabeth. Ed, good morning. You're next up on the fan. Good morning, Rick. How you doing? Good, Ed. Good. Uh, first off, before I speak what I have to say, I want to congratulate two legendary high school coaches who reached milestones this week. Uh, Mike Shepard, Jr., the son of legendary Seton Hall University baseball coach. Mike Shepard got his 800th win this week. And Chris Roof uh, from Governor Livingston High School yesterday got his 400th win in the Union County Tournament. Both outstanding coaches and have sent many, many players on to uh, professional and uh, high school baseball. Terrific. But getting back to the, high, to the hitting theory, it's all about keeping it simple. The kiss theory, keep it simple, stupid. Right. I, I was a college hitting guy for 23 years, and I'm still coaching now. What I teach is this. Get your hands through the ball as you make contact. You finish high, behind your back, almost like hitting a golf ball, and let your backside do, do the work. When your backside does the work and, and the toe is pointing at the pitcher, as long as your front side doesn't leak out, you're going to drive the ball and hit the ball hard. I'm not saying about hitting the ball, hitting the ball for power. Again, you've got to be fortunate enough to, ha- to have the body strength to hit for power. The way the game is going today with this launch angle stuff, it's ruining the game. We don't see hit and runs anymore. We don't see hitting behind a runner and all that stuff. Everything is trying to hit home runs, hit home runs, hit home runs, and strikes out. And, and that's why the game stinks right now. And it's Ed, you're seeing this you, on the lower level. Let me just say, you you, you know, with, with your coaching, uh, you know, clinics and, and instruction, you're seeing the same thing. The kids today, the high school, the college kids, all they want to talk about is hitting home runs. Is that, is that what you're telling me? No, I'm not. I'm not saying that. I, you know, I'm, I, I, for the games I've been at this year, high school. They're not all trying to launch the ball. They're okay. trying to hit the ball the right way, the way I teach it, the way Kevin teaches it. Right. The way it is in Major League Baseball right now, it's ruining the game. Ah, here. Okay. All right. That's what I meant, Rick. Because um, there's a lot of – I can talk to high school coaches and college coaches through the state. They've even said to me in conversation, they hate the way the pro game is. Yeah. But you know what? That, that's what? That's what Major League Scouts are looking at. Can the guy launch the ball? Okay. It's the same thing with a pitcher, Rick. The kid's only throwing 83, 84, but gets out. Well, he doesn't throw hard enough to be an MLB pitcher. Yeah. So, that, right. so the way the game is going, it's 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 not fun to watch. I hear you, Ed. Thank you as always for the thoughts. Uh, yeah, I think you're you're spot on. Appreciate the call. Uh, hey, Rick, to Ed's point, if if it was if if it was working at the major league level and everyone was happy with it and kids were watching the game and participating, I'd have no problem with it. Let's move on. But the kids are not playing the game. It's dropping off precipitously in youth baseball. The, 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 the average age of a TV viewer in Major League Baseball is 57. The, the kids aren't coming up. The fan base of Major League Baseball is dwindling. And in 10 to 15 years, it's not going to be there. And Rome is burning and MLB is, is, is fiddling. So um, that's why we need to keep it simple at the, at the low levels. Kids just want to hit a ground ball to short and get dirty and come off the field and high-five their friends. Then they come back tomorrow. 
you know, they're swinging and missing. They're going to play soccer. Well, of course, great sports, but it's not baseball. Kevin, it's uh, I started this conversation uh, a week or so ago. Basically, my theory was the fact that uh, the analytics folks uh, basically crunched their numbers and came up with the, with the idea and went to the owners and said, look, if you want to win and win uh, championships at the big league level, uh, our numbers show that you want guys who hit home runs, you want pitchers who throw over 90 miles an hour, and that's the template uh, you should be using, and of course have defensive shifts. That's the template you should be using when you're looking for kids to go to the professional level. So now, 10 years down the road, we're looking at a situation where we're having, quite frankly, uh, the big leagues are looking for guys who, could, who have great power with you know some lift, some launch angle, whatever you want to call it, to their stroke, uh, and looking for pitchers who throw hard uh, because they have the potential to continue to hopefully you know win at the at the professional or big league level. But for the rest of the country, uh, the kids who play baseball who don't throw 90 miles an hour, who don't have home run power, you know it's just a different game. It, it's it's not it's not the game that uh, you know the, the people grew up playing with a lot of speed action things going on in the field uh it's just a different game and that's that's the real crux of the problem so you know i know this odyssey began with you back in february with hugh quattlebaum who obviously is a bright guy and knows hitting but clearly you know even hugh must be aware of the fact that yeah this is a problem that we're going to have to figure out a way to maintain action and excitement and uh, unpredictability in, in a baseball game because now it's just a game of power pitching and home runs and strikeouts. And that's, that's a concern because it's not a good product to sell to the next generation. But, Rick, here's the deal. You, Quattlebaum, doesn't have to figure it out. He's a very bright guy. What Major League Baseball needs to figure it out. Right now they're right. The, the method, they, they'll win games with home runs, 90-mile-an-hour pitches. They're doing all that. The launch angle produces valuable hits. Not more hits, but valuable hits. One swing, three runs, but it slowed the game down. So Major League Baseball needs to take a look at what's going to happen in 10 years because the kids aren't watching it. That's the problem. So what you're doing is the right thing. That's what they want. He knows how to teach it, and that's what everybody's doing. But they're not looking – they're looking at their feet, and they're not looking at the visionary. Where's the game going from a, a revenue perspective and from a fan base perspective? That's what's dying, and that's what my book is about, yeah. trying to save the game of baseball. And we got to do it from the ground up. <laughs> I hear you loud and clear. And, uh, again, I um... – I salute you and applaud you, Kevin, for reaching out to, to the Major League uh, hitting instructors. And I'm, I'm really thrilled and happy that you become a friend with, uh, with Coach Quattlebaum because that's, that's a good start. Obviously, uh, he does sound like a bright, intelligent guy who understands there are all different ways to hit. Um, and we'll see how, how he does with, in his tenure with the Mets to, uh, to get them to, to learn how to hit the baseball and keep the game exciting as well. Uh, the, the last, book. Go, go the ahead. last thing I told you. Last thing I told you on the way out. I said, "You, I, I wish you love. Thank you for your time, and I hope your players learn your, your style of hitting before they learn how to spell your last name, because that could take a while." <laughs> <laughs> so you got to laugh at that. We're good. Uh, Kevin Gallagher has been my guest. Uh, his book is Teach Your Kid to Hit So They Don't Quit. Uh, again, you can get it online on Amazon, um, and his uh, website is hittingsimple.com. Again, if you've got a youngster who wants to play baseball, uh, and it's a, we all know the most difficult thing in the world uh, in terms of sports is hitting a baseball well, I strongly urge you to pick a copy of the book. I think you'll find it to be a great investment. Kevin, my thanks again, and, and hopefully we'll stay in touch down the road to see what the next chapters are, you know? We'll, we'll talk soon, Rick. Thanks. Thanks, Kevin. Rick Wolf and the Sports Edge on The Fan, Sports Radio 66 and 1019 FM, WFAN, New York.
Hey, just a reminder that Richard Neer comes by in a few minutes at 9 o'clock uh, this morning. Make sure you stick around and listen to what Richard has to say about what's happening in the world of sports. Uh, you can always follow me on Twitter at AskCoachWolf. Uh, and um, before I get to these two items from the Sports Ed's uh, police blotter, I, I just want to put a, a just a, a a capper on our discussion this morning with uh, with Kevin Gallagher on this debate about hitting, which and there have been debates about hitting approaches for for a hundred years. Uh, but his book, which just really struck a chord with me, uh, "Teach Your Your Kid to Hit So They Don't Quit." That that really is right on target because there is nothing more frustrating for a kid to go and, and not make contact in a little league game uh, or high school game. And this book really puts it all in very straightforward, easy easy to understand terms. Um, and again, I, I alluded before about my conversation uh, with Al Goldis, who, who coached me for three years in the uh, the Atlantic Collegiate Baseball Summer League. And Al was the first to tell me, he said, Rick, I'm sure you hit uh, well in high school. You obviously have, uh, you know, you had some athletic skills and you have some speed. And I did. I was, uh, to, quite frankly, a very good baseball player at Edgemont High School a long time ago. But when I got to college ball, Clearly, the pitching was better, and, and the velocity was there. And certainly, if I ever wanted to have a chance to play pro ball, Al spent literally hours and hours and hours teaching me how to redesign my stroke uh, with top-hand philosophy. Uh, we spent hours in the, the parking lot at St. John's. That's where the, 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 my team played in the summer league back in the day. And, it, you know, Al really reconstructed my stroke, so I got a shorter stroke and put more impact. It allowed me to, to, to be able to hit against better velocity and, and guys who had sharp curves and sliders. But so I'm telling you, it, it is difficult to understand how a kid, you know, looks at all the kids at home runs. And I came to grips with the fact that I was not a home run hitter. Yeah, I had a few home runs occasionally in the minors, but the fact is I was a gap hitter and that's how I was. Uh, I hit home runs in high school because I could have a good long swing but I didn't have to worry about the velocity of the pitching. Simple as that. Okay. one eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. So I promised uh, the first item from the, the police blotter. Did you happen to see the very disturbing video that went viral this past week of what appears to be an eight-year-old football player in full gear and uh, a tackling drill, and he, he's running headfirst into another player? And the kid... The kid who got you know, was the victim, if you would, he just crumples to the turf when the ball carrier makes full and direct contact with his helmet and the kid's helmet. Uh, it's a tackling drill. You know, they're basically trying to get these two these kids to learn how to tackle, but obviously the, it was not well taught. Now I'm not I'm not doing real justice to this video, but clearly the little kid who had no idea of how to tackle a running back and the kid ends up paying the price. The video is short. It takes your breath away, and mind you, this is a drill that was being taught and run by a certified youth head coach in a USA football practice. The coach who was, who was watching this drill is then heard on, on a clip to uh, saying to the youngster on the ground just to get up. And well, the little kid did get up, but I'm telling you, this was a classic case of a youngster seemingly having received a direct concussion at a very early age. Now, you know, we haven't talked much uh, in the last year about concussions in football and on other sports. But, you know, it's obviously due to the pandemic. But we can't, can't forget that this issue has not gone away. There still is no single way to prevent concussions. And, the, you know, the good news, if you will, is that most football teams and leagues have basically just cut back on 
having a lot of direct contact uh, during practices. Uh, that seems to have had some real positive uh, impact in cutting down on the number of concussions, but of course they, they still exist. But this particular incident occurred at a youth league practice, and um, it took place in September of last year, September of 2020, in a, in a youth league in Charlotte, North Carolina. The video uh, apparently just has come to light. USA Football, in its defense, denounced the hit, and the local Charlotte Football League says that the head coach in question was forced to step down. All the coaches in that league have to pass certification by USA Football in order to coach. And USA Football claims to be the, the national governing body for amateur uh, football uh, here in the States. It's an independent nonprofit and offers certification training for its coaches. The league in question, North Carolina, also apparently has close ties to Pop Warner. And for its part, uh, Pop Warner is obviously extremely upset about this incident and wants to assure football players and their parents that this was most unsettling and inappropriate. So again, the video, which is short, uh, you can find it easily online. It, it garnered all sorts of condemnation from current and NFL players, and you know, rightfully so. It's just another reminder that concussion concerns um, well, they're still with us. And as much as I love football, and I'm sure you do as well, I would caution parents not to let their kids play tackle or contact football until they are at least 14 or freshmen in high school. I mean, they can learn all the skills, all the strategy, all the X and O's uh, of how to play football at a youth level. But uh, this is just a kind of hit uh, that, you know, just, as I said, takes your breath away. Uh, it's It's very... It, it, clearly, it was it was not to be done the right way, and, and the kid paid the price. Um, I know in terms of kids playing football at a very young age, playing tackle football, that's a personal decision uh, for, for moms and dads. I get that, and I understand that, and I accept that. But it's my personal opinion that if you have a youngster who loves football, they can certainly go out and play touch football. They can play flag football. Uh, but in terms of being allowed to play tackle football, wait till they're at least 14 or they're freshmen in high school and they're being taught by real educators and real coaches who know how to teach tackling uh, the right way. Because this is, this is, again, concussions have not gone away. Okay, moving on. Number two, in a recent high school varsity softball game in Durham, North Carolina, a player came up to bat for the second time of the game when the opposing coach protested saying that the girl had uh, beads uh, in her hair and having beads in her hair was illegal. So the game stopped. The umpire, well, looked around, looked at the girl, had the beads in her hair, and, and the umpire said, yeah, there is a league rule, which has been around for a long time. It says that players can't wear beads to adorn their hair. And, she, and the ump told the girl, who happened to be uh, African-American, that she had to remove the beads if she wanted to continue to play in the game. So, yeah, she'd wanted to keep playing, so she and her teammates, they started to take a few moments to untangle the, the beads out of her hair, but it turned out that the beads were, were pretty tightly woven in, so she couldn't get them out, so her team, she told her teammates to cut her hair, uh, to get the beads out, and that's what happened. Well, as you might imagine, the, the girl, who's a sophomore in high school, she was humiliated and uh, did not like having to do all this, protested. And the North Carolina High School Athletic Association, well, they were actually sympathetic to the, the girl's plight, but they did say they pointed the finger 
at the girls' high school softball coach and said the, the softball coach should have known that rule about the beads in the hair because it's been in place for a good long time. And the coach should have been uh, had the responsibility of checking before the game to see if any of uh, the girls had beads uh, in their hair. And that obviously didn't happen. The problem is this. And everybody agrees that pretty much the only girls who wear beads in their hair are African-American. And as such, the rule is pretty much discriminatory. So the good news in all this, if you want to call it good news, is that the fact there's now a major movement uh, in place in North Carolina high school sports to wipe away that rule about wearing and not, not allowing beads uh, in one's hair. And, and apparently, from what I understand from media reports, that rule is going to change very, very quickly, sometimes so probably by uh, sometime in June. Honestly, that makes all the sense in the world. Uh, you know, I, 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 maybe that rule was put in place for some reason, you know, some years ago. Maybe it was done to, to prevent, uh, you know, any concerns uh, with health and the welfare of the players. But I, I think the fact of the matter is, A, yes, there, there's no reason to have that rule anymore. Let's get rid of it. And if other states or other leagues have that rule, uh, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm missing something here. Maybe there's something I'm missing about in terms of the, the, the concerns and whatever. But let's get rid of that rule. And B, if, if you're a high school softball coach, you know, let's, let's sort of, you know, look around and say, okay, let's make sure all the all my players uh, don't have anything that might get in the way uh, of their, their their safety or their opponent's safety during the course of the game. I, I just think this is this is a real concern, but at least we're we're making some progress. I do feel for this girl, but I guess the uh, in the you know in the long term, at least this, this rule is going to be wiped away from the books in North Carolina. And that again, that makes all the sense in the world. I, I don't think anybody would disagree with that. Um, Okay, so that I, I, I want to just take a quick moment to thank uh, Kevin Galler again this morning for his unusual story of how he's become uh, friends with the Mets hitting coach, Hugh Quattlebaum. That's a fascinating look of how the word is going around and, quite frankly, how, how the debate continues about what's the right way to teach our kids how to hit a baseball. Uh, that's going to do it for me in this edition of the Sports Edge. My thanks this morning to Pat Boyle. Please stick around for Richard Neer. He is up next, and I will see you next Sunday right here on the Sports Edge. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.